show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with meaning, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. What is up? And welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen, but one of us hasn't yet. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm here with three of my dearest friends in the world. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Scott. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And we're talking about Jerry Maguire. Jerry M. Effing Maguire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this... Uh, I, it feels like a sin that we have gotten over a hundred episodes and not done Jerry. Maguire. I'm surprised this went this late in the draft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a nice sports like it, metaphor. It deserved a higher paycheck <laughs> <laughs> just it, for how iconic it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean like, you know, the, the, you know, of course we'll talk about it, but the, the, you complete me scene, like it's, it's one of the most iconic. I've seen it a thousand times moments in any yeah, movie ever because everyone redoes this movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh but yeah i you know it, i i i felt like it had to happen eventually and since we don't really do uh like um we did rom-com february once valentine's month also known as uh dan and athena month for some reason Not anymore uh, <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that we called it that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, since we're, we're doing that essentially this month, we have like, you know, just a bunch of romantic movies. I figured now's the perfect time. That's true. I think X mocking is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a rom-com, but it is a movie about love. I laugh a lot lot in that movie. (laughs) Fargo's up there. Fargo's number two. Fargo's number three after Shape of Water. Also, I mean, Fargo has some real up. couple goals, if I'm honest. We'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, it does. Yeah. I think so. Uh, but like yeah. if you ever want to marry the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, uh, who, who was a late bloomer to this movie? Uh, me. Just you? I think it was just Jake. Okay. I, before we started this podcast, had seen one Tom Cruise movie in my life. Oh, that's right. It was uh, Valkyrie, which was not good. It's the dumbest of all the Tom Cruise movies. That's crazy. I only remember it a little bit, but I think I remember vaguely liking it. Sure, but it's not like, oh, I've only seen one Tom Cruise movie, Mission Impossible, (laughs) or Top Gun. It was none of his iconic ones. Jake's the only person in the world who Valkyrie's the only Tom Cruise movie he's ever seen. (laughs) That might be true. Uh, not anymore, though. Yeah. I've how seen have several you, at this point. How had you not seen Mission Impossible or like Top Gun or something? Uh, I just never got around to it. I don't really know what to tell you. Wow. You know, I, I tried to watch Top Gun not that long ago, and then I just didn't want to watch an 80s movie. Okay. Because uh, I just generally don't like 80s movies. I'll you still haven't seen Top Gun? No. Have you seen Top Gun 2? Really? You didn't see Maverick? I never no. watched Maverick either. What? Mm-mm. That's oh insane. My gosh. I've also only ever seen Mission Impossible 1, and I've only seen it once, and it was such a long time ago, I couldn't even tell you what it's about. I saw Mission Impossible <laughs> 1. We didn't watch it for the podcast, but I did watch it like a year oh, ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, nice. It was, fun. It was a good time. It's okay. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's 
not the best Mission Impossible, but it's not the worst. Okay. Number two is the worst. Just skip it. Okay. What's the I best? probably won't watch the rest of it. Three? How many are there? Like six? No, there's like seven or eight. There's a lot of them. Uh, I point. think we're up to seven. It's yeah. like Fast and Furious now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know. But better. I think better. Also, we want to pitch an idea to all the you tater tots out there. Should we do an entire, like, three-month stint where we just do Fast and Furious movies? <laughs> I, I didn't even know where you're going with that. That's a whole season, man. No. If it's you include spin-offs. 40 episodes. If we include spin-offs. <laughs> 40 movies. <laughs> There's been no. There's been forty. Yeah, I think there's been like like eleven, ten or eleven, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are you including like Hobbs and Shaw and those other ones? Yeah. What other ones? I think that there's only been one. I think there's one. Isn't there not one more spinoff? I don't think so. I think Hobbs and Shaw. I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious, so I don't have any authority to talk on this. Really, I don't want to watch a single one. My friend Julian, it's his favorite franchise. And so oh. I An, another one of my coworkers, Tegan, it's her favorite oh, yeah. film franchise of mm-hmm. all time, too. So I kind of want to do it. I don't want to do all of them. Yeah, I think you have an open spot on your. I legitimately thought about erasing all my picks for next year and just doing <laughs> fast movies in order. He pitched that this to me the other day. Very funny. Like just me. every every recording. Yeah, we have a fast and furious movie. And then we can just see how we, we rate the that. Fast and Furious movies. I kind of love that. I could move all my season four picks to season five. Sure, you and could. And just do Fast and Furious. Would that take up, like, how many of it your It would take slots? up all my picks. It would take the, yeah, it would take up every pick. Because <laughs> I only year. get 10 picks. And I think there's a, more than 10 movies. <laughs> I think there's oh 11 gosh. or 12, yeah. So I would have to just do them in order. And it might have to go into season five. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, if you do that. Uh-huh. To prevent it from spilling into season five, I will pick one for you. <laughs> okay. I'll take one for the team as well. Yeah. I would love it if... See, this is my, my debacle, is I want to do them all in a row, but I feel like we would lose so many listeners by having nothing but Fast and Furious. Yes. You might lose some members of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would quit. I, couldn't, I could not do three months of Fast and the Furious. I just couldn't. Well, I'm going to extend it to a year. I could do a year, but I couldn't do three months. Oh, it's, it's too quick. Yeah, that's okay. just too it's much fast. And too furious. concentrated. Yeah, it's too fast. Too furious. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm legitimately thinking about changing all my picks for next year into Fast and Furious. I really don't want you to. I kind of do. <laughs> You've got two votes. Well, originally we were going to do all the Paddington movies. <laughs> yeah, all two. both of them. <laughs> Remember, I laid out like nine of them. Oh, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you started thinking about this? Because yeah, you did Paddington really 3 Tokyo Drift or whatever? Okay. If there was that crossover, I would totally be here for it. <laughs> if Paddington somehow made it into a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. As a driver. It might be the greatest rated movie of all time. Yeah. Because Paddington... It, it seems like the Fast and Furious are willing to try anything in their franchise at this point. That wouldn't shock me. That's true. I heard that at one point they like drove a car onto like a jet or something. Yeah, I think they drove a, a car thing. into space. Did they? Yeah, I think <laughs> that's so. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think Jake. What I think th- there's a, a shot. There is a shot in cinema history of Ludacris driving a car <laughs> into space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. We have to get to that point, but we have to go in order. So let's we have see, to let's find out that. how many movies there are. We have to earn that shot. That's the coolest thing in a movie ever. Said? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ludacris. 
Is he is he listening to Ludacris? No, he doesn't. <laughs> he does that not. would be amazing if he was. I think he's listening to Vin Diesel's new album. Oh, okay. So a little less cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, well oh, go ahead. I was gonna bring it back okay, and bring it to you to explain too. why you picked it. Yeah, yeah, so I picked Jerry Maguire uh because of its, you know, honestly just because it's iconic. And to be honest with you, uh I you know, I'd seen this movie plenty of times. I really was not expecting um, this to go well on the pod or to go over well. Uh, I just didn't remember it being that uh, engaging of a movie or that charming of a movie um, or that good of a movie, to be honest. It just was so iconic. And I was so surprised watching it this time how uh, charming I really thought it was. Mm. I thought this was... A, a really solid movie like it, it's a definitely I think still like a, a popcorn film or like you know like I, I think it's just a rom-com movie like mm-hmm. I don't think it's some cinematic masterpiece but I was shocked by how much I loved it I loved every character I thought you know the the story was great and and I really thought you know watching it back this time it might be Tom Cruise's best acting role that he's ever done. Mm. Uh, like he played a, like a, as far as his actual acting. actual acting, like yeah. he played a character. Most of the time, Tom Cruise is just being mission impossible. Yeah. He's just being Tom Cruise in a jet or Tom Cruise hanging from wires in the ceiling or like or jumping on Oprah's couch. Yep. Or jumping on Oprah's couch. Uh, but in this movie, he really, he played a character and he played a, a good character. Um, so that's why I picked it. And that was just sort of my thoughts. Uh, but Scott, you'd seen this movie before I had, I'm going to go through just the facts and then, oh, that's right. And I'm then, sorry. Uh, we'll get into our pieces. Uh, this was directed and written by Cameron Crowe. It released, uh, December 13th, 1996. It has a runtime of 139 minutes, which I was surprised by because most, um, rom-coms are pretty short and this one wasn't. Yeah. Um, other guys gave this an 84%. IMDb gave it a 7.3. Pretty big box office of t- 274 million, but a pretty big budget too of 50 million. So it had an ROI of 5.5. It won um, Best Supporting Actor. Cuba Gooden Jr. won that one. And then it was nominated for four others, but lost for Best Picture, Best Lead Actor for Cruise, Best Screenplay, and then Best Film Editing. Um, so yeah, I had seen this before <coughs> a long time ago. Uh, and of course it has multiple iconic scenes in it. Um, I, I thought it was, uh, good. I think, uh, as far as rom-coms go, it's up there. Um, I, I think I agree with a lot of your summary. I don't think there's anything like spectacular about it when it comes to like cinematography or production or any of that kind of thing. But, um, I think it's a fun, uh, movie that it's easy to watch and enjoy. Yeah. Jake. I think that this is uh, a great, great romance between Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, <laughs> I think that you can, I think you can lift Renee Zellweger out of this movie. It just do not make this a rom-com. And I think it's probably a better movie. Hmm. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, so I you wish th- it would have been just the sports marketing part. <sighs> yeah, honestly, I, I mean, like I didn't hate the rom-com, but I feel like it would have been a better movie without it mm. uh i mean be, i didn't hate it it was fine uh like that part of it was fine but i i enjoyed it like more than i thought i would i thought i was 
gonna hate this movie honestly when we when we picked it but i liked it but i did really the only like like if the the thing that carried it for me was the the jerry Maguire. uh i don't remember cuba gooding jr's character's name relationship is it rod 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 yeah, rod, yeah. yeah. The, the 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 jerry rod relationship mm-hmm. not the jerry uh whatever her name yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I, I will name. say like, I, I totally get what you mean. It was like a funny joke, but you're totally right. This movie really is more about the, their love than it is about, uh, Jerry and, and Renee's love. Yeah. I thought he was going to go. That's funny. So I thought he was going to say more of a love story between Tom Cruise and the kid. <laughs> okay. So Cause I think they had better chemistry than I think her, the girl and Tom was probably the third of the relationships. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny. Jonathan Lipnicki, who plays the kid, uh-huh. uh, his favorite actor of all time at the time of filming this was Tom Cruise. Mm. And so the kid was like, he really was in Just love. Just super with, ecstatic. Oh, about he everything, was, yeah. he was in love with working with Tom. Like all those scenes, a lot of it's ad libbed between the two of them. Mm. Um, and it just was really the kid just cheesing super hard about working with his favorite actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean it worked? Like that, like we got good chemistry from him oh, and a child actor. I think that was my least favorite part of the movie. The child actor? Yeah. I, I would say lift him out of the movie. Um, I, I didn't like those parts. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. I think it's a fun movie. I like it for the most part. I think it's pretty silly um, and kind of cheesy. I think it's pretty cheesy. And I feel like I don't know if I agree or not. I think maybe it would have been a better movie because I don't feel like it's a it's a stellar rom-com by any means. But I feel like it could have maybe been a decently compelling like sports marketing movie if that's all it was. And I mm-hmm. do agree that uh, the I think the strongest aspects of the movie are Jerry and Rod. Um, that relationship. But there's some aspects of the rom-com itself that I do find kind of interesting and compelling that we can kind of dive into a little bit because I'm not completely sold that Jerry ever actually loves that other girl. I don't yeah. remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm not completely sure that he yeah, r- has any real authentic feelings towards her. And I feel like that makes the movie kind of interesting and compelling in that way to kind of dig into, like, the, the psychology of Jerry Maguire. But... If it is just like he does by the end of the movie fall in love with her, then I think it's kind of cheesy and a little worse for that. Um, he but, was he was just shoplifting the pooty. Uh, that's a line from the show. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I was like, I think that's from the movie. I'm not it really sure if I know what that means. Super <laughs> weird if it wasn't from the movie. And if I just, that would be just really yeah. weird. Yeah. But would you put it past Scott to say something completely random, not from this movie? I, Tyler's, Tyler's one who said Oh, it. you just said it. Just yeah. yeah, that makes, Are you that makes more sense. Here? <laughs> I really had to, to dive deep into my the banks of my mind to figure out shoplift the pooty. Um, so... I think uh, if Tom Cruise was not Jerry Maguire, this movie would be probably bad. But Tom Cruise just has so much charisma that I feel like he can kind of make me enjoy almost any movie he's in. Mm. Um, and so I, I end up really liking it. And, and Cuba Gooding Jr. is really fun in this movie too. Overall, I like it. I feel like on paper, like it shouldn't work for me, but like it kind of does for the most part. I end up having a good time with this movie. Bonnie Hunt said at one point that um, she had the hardest job 
in the making of this movie because Why? she had to play someone who doesn't didn't like. like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I forgot she was in this and I really liked her in this movie. Uh, another Bonnie Hunt piece of trivia, kind of funny. Uh, you just said you forgot she was in this. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, forgot that they had worked together in Rain Man and said like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And she was like, oh, we've worked together before. And he's like, nah. <laughs> that's funny. He's like, I don't believe that. Yeah. You, uh, yeah I don't she think was that's like, correct. She was like, I was in Rain Man. And he was like, oh. So, so Tom Cruise did the, the original Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. not knowing that she was working with Samuel Jackson. Correct. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that is really funny. I felt like she was the only normal character in this. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was the most reasonable person. Yeah. I feel like she was like the healthiest person. <laughs> yeah. Scott, did you get into your takes? Uh, only a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave like my overview before the dive in. So we were, Oh, that's right. We're about to get into like the like mm-hmm. deeper stuff. So if you have, you said you have a lot of thoughts on it. Like what were. Yeah. Go, go off King. Um, I think uh, maybe maybe saying I have a lot of thoughts was uh, hyperbole <laughs> because I feel like I, I, have, my I have zero thoughts. Have zero no, thoughts. I I said some of my thoughts like okay. would this be a better movie if it wasn't a rom com? But is it a compelling enough rom com to keep it? I don't know. Like I said, like I like we can dive into the psychology of Jerry Maguire. I think that that would be an interesting conversation because yeah. like I'm not super sold that he ever truly loves her, even by the "you complete me" scene. Like I don't, yeah, think he really knows. It didn't what seem he's like there about. was much compelling leading up to that point. Yeah, and even in the scene where he's with Cuba Gooding Jr. and they're celebrating the contract and like they're hugging each yeah. other and he's happy that he's okay and all that stuff, you don't ever see Tom Cruise like question how he's feeling really. Yeah. I feel like Jerry Maguire a lot of times is kind of looking to other people to figure out how he should be feeling about things, mm-hmm. you know? No, I think that's exactly true. That's a, that's a super, uh, interesting point. I think that the entire time, like this movie's really about, um, I think probably, uh, like a sociopath. Mm. Like I think Jerry Maguire is a sociopath because literally, always he's looking to other people to tell him what he should be feeling. Yeah. Like, I think the only reason why he uh, commits to Renee Zellweger, I think it's partly the kid. Um, Like, I think he does like the kid, you know? Um, But I, I just think he's a little juvenile himself. And so he can kind of relate to a child, you know? I think the only reason why he commits to her at all is because, uh, Rod tells him to yeah. like Rod Rod's his conscience and in that moment or, or in this relationship, but across the board, I, I think Jerry Maguire is a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that makes the movie more interesting. Yeah. And I wouldn't disagree with that. <laughs> I wish that we had taglines for things so that we could put, I think Jerry Maguire is a sociopath somewhere. We, we could put it in, in the, the description, yeah. the episode description. Yeah. Because the description I just, for this is just going to be quote unquote. I think Jerry Maguire is a sociopath. I just like of all the takes that I thought were going to come out of this conversation. I think Jerry Maguire is a sociopath. <laughs> just wasn't even. It wasn't even in like the the realm of possibility. <laughs> like that 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 would come up. Yeah, it was a a very real uh, realization that I had watching it this time. Yep. I like, know. I mean, I don't disagree. It just yeah. wasn't something I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which I feel like makes that last scene kind of sad. 
<laughs> yeah, well, totally. Like even when you think about what he says to her and how he talks about their relationship, I was thinking like this is not like great. He's like, I don't. I'm not a guy that gives up. Yeah. Like so basically, he's like, you're staying with me because I refuse to quit. It's uh-huh. not that I love you it, it, or any of those things. It's just that I can't quit, and so I'm just gonna keep trying yeah. until I make it work. And I was like, that's not like. I don't think that's what girls want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But she goes with it too. Like, I think she's got some major issues. Yeah. She's got a lot of issues. <laughs> she quit her job to follow Jerry Maguire when she had a, a kid, you know, she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. That was insane already. Yeah. She, I, I mean, I, I don't think that we know this, uh, from the movie, but she definitely strikes me as, uh, an abuse survivor. Mm. Like she has the energy of, the dog that gets kicked kind of a thing. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I think I, I and I think that she's kind of like conflicted because maybe she's maybe never really been in love, but at least Jerry Maguire is like good to her. Like, and so she's loyal to him in the end because he's not because he loves her, but because he's good to her and he's good to her kid. Like, I think that part is pretty like, uh, like on the page that like she's like really conflicted. Like, I don't know that I love him. It doesn't seem like he loves me, but he loves my kid. And like, I want my kid to have a father in his life. Uh, like e- that even in that scene when he like takes her out uh, on a date pretty early on and uh, she like comes out in the black dress kind of a thing. And, you know, Bonnie Hunt's like helping her pick out an outfit and everything. They go into the kitchen to leave and, you know, she's still a little conflicted. And then the kid runs in and like hugs Jerry. And we just like push in on Renee Zellweger's face of like reacting to that. Like that's her entire motivation. Uh, And so, yeah, I I think she was a, I think she was a trauma survivor and abuse survivor. Uh, and she's attached to this sociopath, uh, because at least he's a good guy. That's this is take. the bleakest <laughs> conversation <laughs> about Jerry Maguire that's ever happened. I, like, I feel like we are thinking so much deeper about this movie than Cameron Crowe ever did. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Or yeah, he like, he really know, he really knew what he was doing. Yeah. He has been waiting and he listens to this <laughs> he's like, episode. He says, finally, finally someone, gets, someone gets Jerry Maguire. They understand Jerry the, Maguire. The it's brilliance not, of Jerry Maguire. Yeah. I don't... When she, when she first like breaks up with him, she like goes out and is like, no, you know what? I deserve someone who actually loves me, which doesn't seem to like track with, with that. But then she like goes back to it. Like, like she's conflicted about it. Like she recognizes that he doesn't love her, but she's still like, you know, like I'm not saying that she, I think it supports my point. I'm not saying that she is like, um, unwittingly participating. I think she's wittingly participating in this. Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't strike me as like an abused person. She just strikes me as someone who is lowering her standards on everything because she's afraid that she's going to wind up alone. Mm. Like her sister. Mm -hmm. That's what I get from it. Like she's like, yeah, but I'm already 26 and I have a kid. Like that's not a great resume for trying to date right now. Like, this guy's vaguely interested. Like, I'll what say are you yes. trying to say about being 26? It's old. 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, yeah, no, here's the thing. I don't really think so either, but I feel like the movie makes you think that totally. that is. Like she's yeah. like, I'm it's it's done for me. If that if was Jerry's it, not it, I'm I'm finished. That was like my, my thing. chance like, at love is I done. Was like, she's I also age? didn't <laughs> think she was twenty six until she said I'm twenty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought she was like <laughs> Like low 30s. She's the most shot out 26 year old. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, why well, she's younger than me right now. I thought she passed this 26 pretty easily. She's like, people my age are supposed to be like out partying in clubs. I'm like, aren't you like 36 <laughs> or seven or something? And she's like, I'm 26. I'm like, what? How old is Jerry? Probably around the same age. Jerry's 26? Or maybe a little older. <laughs> Just the, the, the swing in our conversation. We went from, this is a movie about an abuse survivor and, and, a, sociopath. and a sociopath. It's exactly like, Jerry's 26 years old. Yeah, how old is Tom Cruise in this movie? No, I do think, though, that like back in the 80s and early 90s, I do think that... Uh, um, People did get married a lot younger and 26 was kind of like, okay, you're getting up there. Like (laughs) you got to get married. You're almost 27. Like you might as well just join my divorced women's group by this point. (laughs) The divorced women's group, by the way, uh, all of She was 27 when this came out. So she actually yeah, no, was. I looked it up. Like uh she actually was that old. Yeah. I was, and I was shocked the way they treated her. It, it didn't feel like they were treating somebody that was my age. I, that's, but that's a, it's a different time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was just really surprising. 30 me. years yeah. ago. <laughs> uh, that divorced women's group, uh, almost all of them were comedians. Like in real life? In real life. Oh, okay. And in they the just, show, in the story. And they, no, yeah, in real life. <laughs> you, you only get that in the director's commentary. <laughs> and they just ad-libbed the whole thing. Oh, like yeah. all of their sequences where they're like talking, like that was all ad-libbed. Um, and they were all comedians except for uh, Cameron Crowe's mother. Huh. Who's a, a therapist. Okay. And in real life. And she was like the, the oldest lady of the group. And she was like dressed in black and everything like that. And she has a couple of lines, but that was Cameron Crowe's mom. Interesting. That's funny. And they were just like, the comedians were just joking. And the mom was just actually like trying to be like, do her like <laughs> therapy work. <laughs> like, <Yeah. a laughs> That's got to be a really difficult situation to put yourself in to be like, hey, Go talk to these professional comedians oh, and yeah. just keep up with them yeah. for this movie. Yeah. I feel like if anyone can, though, it's probably uh, a therapist. Do you think so? Can keep up with comedians? Yeah. Why? Why do you why, think that? Yeah. Why, why? They're like mentally strong and fast. At least the ones that I've come into okay, contact fair. with. Okay, fair. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're funny. I would. When I say keep up with, I wasn't saying that they would be funny. Oh, okay. I thought I thought that's maybe what Jake was. That implying. was what I was like, saying. Yeah, like, like, like you need oh, okay. to you need to come into this conversation in this like lighthearted, fun, funny movie and riff with these comedians. Yeah, yeah. and you're a you're a therapist who you probably don't make very many jokes at work. If I had to guess, <laughs> <laughs> you're not just like like uh, dragging your clients. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that'd be easy. It was like, hey, just say the things you're not supposed to say. Yeah, maybe maybe when you're counseling someone. You know? Yeah, just make this like a really like <laughs> toxic divorced <laughs> women's group. <laughs> yeah, hey, um, it played. I guess so. I mean, I didn't know they were professional comedians, so I didn't necessarily think those scenes were that funny. But apparently, um, 
Because that last scene when when Tom comes home and says, like, you complete me, he he came straight from a game, right? Yeah, so it was the the big Rudd game where he, like, got injured. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know, everyone all everyone's interviewing him, and, and he's on the phone with his wife, and he realizes, you see him have this realization that he describes later as, uh, like, we had a really big night for our company, and I just wanted to share it with you. Yeah. But you weren't there. And so, yes. Yeah. And that's love. I was listening to uh, <laughs> I was listening to Bill Simmons movie podcast and they were talking about Jerry Maguire and they were talking about how Jerry's at the game. It's in a different state, like how much time it would have taken for him to get to Renee's house. Mm-hmm. He was like, it would have he would have gotten there by like two or three in the morning. And this divorce <laughs> women's group is still going on. <laughs> like, yeah. They're still meeting and talking. That's Which I thought pretty was pretty funny. funny. Also, they were like, "What is there no protocol for like injured football players? Like this dude suffers a concussion and then they just let him get up and celebrate it. <laughs> it was like, oh, he a concussion. He was knocked out. Yeah, this is yeah. like, uh, it was like, still go like, no, like, yeah, this is just happening today. Somebody had a concussion and not today, but like, like a couple weeks ago, somebody got a concussion, then got thrown back into the game. The con- NFL concussion protocols are still Pretty bad. Is it really? Yeah. You have to I don't watch a, football. You so. have to pass a test of some kind yeah. uh-huh. to be able to play. Like a but cognitive. That, uh-huh. like, even yeah. that is like, I think recent, like there's been a lot of like stuff about, we don't need to get into NFL concussions. I think the but. craziest thing was how he got up and started doing flips and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anyone who just does that by itself. Yeah. Especially in after fo- a concussion. In yeah. football gear. Celebrating yeah. like they just won like the biggest game of the year. And he's like, uh-huh. he just like got a touchdown. Well, well it, it no, was keeping it, him that's what alive. Basically helped him get to the playoffs. Okay. But yeah, it was it was the second from last game of the season. They have to win both to get to the playoffs. And they ended up winning that because of that touchdown. It was like the okay. final play of the game. Okay. But he was the only one celebrating. Like, yeah, everybody else was like, "You almost died." Bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was unconscious for a long time. Yeah, but I also think, to be honest, I think one of the things that, like, it wasn't just celebrating because remember, this is right after uh, Jerry just called Cuba out or and Rod out yeah. and said, "Like, play with heart." And I think he internalized that and like played you know for the love of the game in that play and i think that like you know doing that having that experience like reawoke the love for what he does in him and i think that that's what he was showing not just celebrating you know the play the touchdown pretty sick flips though yeah pretty sick flips and a very impressive crawl like jump and and like like hold on the stands like that Mm -hmm. was pretty that was pretty dope Good thing he didn't take that first contract, too, because his second contract was a lot more money. Way better. <laughs> Way better. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, good thing. Uh, I forget his wife's name entirely, but. Uh, in the movie? or In, in the, the movie. I don't remember. I don't remember. Did it's you know Regina either? Hall, though, right? <laughs> King. Regina King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was pregnant the entire time of filming this oh, movie. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Oh. And actually, the scene where. Uh, Cuba's on the phone with her uh-huh. uh, in the, like, the, the scene that we've been talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, he actually, Cameron Crowe actually called her. She was asleep. She was not working. It was, like, two in the morning. She was asleep, and she woke up to, like, read lines back to him over the phone so that his, like, 
like reactions to the phone conversation felt more real. Oh, wow. Huh. Pregnant lady woke up in the middle of the night That's to cool. not even be on camera. Yeah. And, and Cuba said like, she like, like delivered, like mm -hmm. really like played the part and he, like they cut and she was like, you know, like, all right, can I go back to bed? And he was like, oh my gosh, yes, go to sleep. I didn't realize you were asleep. Like, Yeah, I mean, he, he just thought and she was pregnant. Yeah, I just thought you were she just chilling. hanging out with the divorced women's group. <laughs> it was Marcy, by the way. Marcy, yeah, yeah. I loved her, by the way. Regina King, absolutely. I feel like she always it. does. She always does. I don't does, know if I've yeah. seen her in anything where I would thought, eh. I haven't yeah. seen her in a lot, but I like her. And I I didn't like her at first because we see only her like upset at Jerry, yeah. you know. But then I feel like as the movie progresses, we see like, kind of these different sides of her, mm -hmm. and then especially her defending Rod to like his brother, Ugh. and then just how worried she is. By the end of it, I'm like, she's kind of one of my favorite characters of this movie. Yeah. I like her quite a bit. Yeah, she's she's pretty terrific. Uh, I loved the brother. I thought that was such a yeah, funny character. He's pretty funny. It was yeah. so funny. Uh -huh. Like it was kind of a throwaway character, but I felt like he added a lot to like he did the the Rod character. You yeah. know, like he added a lot of like uh, nuance. Yeah, like that was a character that doesn't need to be in the movie, but it's like a little bit better because he is. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you, Do you feel that way about the the babysitter? Yes. He's a pretty weird guy. He's so weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one who's actually in love with Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. Chad. Yeah. I love the scene, though, when, when like, I can't remember if it's Bonnie Hunt or maybe Renee, where they say something to the effect of, like, Jerry, like, he just needs attention or something like that. And there's a shot of him, like, it looks like Jerry's getting emotional that he's moving away from the babysitter. Oh, the handshake. Yeah. It was like, they, like, it's a really awkward handshake. And then hugs him, and then he walks away, and he shakes his hand again. He just keeps, like, yeah, like, he, like he just looks times. like so clueless <laughs> about everything. Yeah, very it, much so. And How I did you feel about him handing him the cassette tape? For when he was oh yeah, the the, for uh, the, oh, yeah. whatever like Coltrane <laughs> oh, yeah. or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Play this while you're yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was all uh, what's it called? Jet was it's it jazz? jazz. Yeah. 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 Do you know what uh, is maybe my biggest issue with this movie? I just had a flashback to it because we're talking about that. Uh, the the scene where they're kissing at the door is so long. <laughs> it is so uncomfortably long that I was like, this has got to be wrapping up. And then it went for that much, as much time as it already passed. And I was like, this is still not over. And it still kept going. I was like, this, this scene is just, it's got to end. You know what? I, I don't really remember that scene, but I did have a note apparently <laughs> when I was watching that. I said, getting intimate on Renee's doorway is weird. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like way too intimate for a front porch. <laughs> yeah. I it, must have agreed with He you. was like undressing her on the front porch uh -huh. pretty much. And yeah. I was like, this is this is uncomfortable. This is go inside. And I don't really need to see all this. Like <laughs> I, I got enough in 15 seconds. Yeah. And this scene is well over a minute. So he was, it was funny that you said he was undressing her on the front porch. That was actually like, a, like I was watching the actors talk about this movie um, with Cameron Crowe in like the director's commentary. Uh -huh. It was Cameron, Renee, Tom, and Cuba. And while they were watching that scene, they, they shared that it was a, like a stunt dress. Like, so like the straps, like were like breakaway straps. 
Why? I just to undress her on camera, like on the porch. Like that was a super like that was important to them. It was important to Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> it was important to him. Wow. How the uh, how do you guys feel about Bob Sugar? Which one's Bob Sugar? Jay Moore, the antagonist. Oh, the uh, the enemy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he was. He, I didn't like him. Yeah, he was a like. It's super unlikable, dude. I one of the more annoying like movie characters I can think of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought. I mean, I I like Jay Moore quite a bit, to be honest. The actor, mm-hmm. uh, I thought he nailed it. Like the smarmy, slimy mm-hmm. character. I thought he did so good in that. Um, the, but the I think my favorite thing about this movie, the thing that made it so charming to me, was the. Um, the narration from the mentor. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved that. That kind of gave me Adam McKay vibes a little bit. Totally. Editing that they used. And the shot, like, you know, like how it was framed and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Very Adam McKay. And him kind of speaking to the audience a Mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. I loved that though. I thought, you know, that without that, I think I wouldn't like this movie. Like, I really think that that was for me, for my enjoyment like the secret sauce. Yeah. Because it kind of gave you like chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you're right. Now that you say that. And I, I thought that was really creative by, by Cameron. Like I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. Like a lot of movies do have chapters. Like I think about, especially like Tarantino always Mm -hmm. puts like chapter breaks in movies and that helps you with like pacing and it helps you understand like what, like, uh, like when to breathe and when to feel and when to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought how he did that with that mentor was just so great. Yeah. There were some like, uh, really interesting editing choices that Cameron made in a way that I, I enjoyed and, and thought was really interesting specifically. Like I was thinking back, I think my favorite part of the movie is like the first five or 10 minutes of the movie mm. where, uh, Jerry's kind of having his like, existential crisis a little bit and like realizes that he's like just working for the money and ends up writing his little whatever that was you know and, and just the way it was a mission statement yeah yeah like writing like <laughs> his mission statement and uh just that entire first 10 minutes of the movie i thought was really like compelling and kind of exciting mm-hmm. i don't know i i really liked it hearing like uh cruz's voiceover during that whole bit oh yeah um, I thought that was interesting. So Cameron uh, did something like they had never really done before. And I've actually never heard of anyone doing it. But in that scene in particular, when Tom Cruise is writing the mission statement, um, he's like sort of moving to the music. And it's because uh, Cameron uh, Cameron's wife was the music supervisor. Like she put together the soundtrack, which is incredible in my opinion such such good music but he made the decision to actually play the music while the actors were acting like this is the song that's going to go over this action so that they were actually like they actually ended up like kind of moving to the music and it like choreographed essentially um and you know normally you don't do that because you want quiet on the set because you don't want to mess up the the audio but he was just like no we're we're playing the music. We're blasting the music that's going to be in this scene while we shoot this scene. I thought that was smart. I think it like, I think it adds uh, like a layer that a lot of movies don't have because sometimes, to be honest, like the soundtrack doesn't quite 
match up with what's happening. Like it, it will with the edit because those things happen together, but the action doesn't always line up with the music. And uh, I thought that was cool. I think, I feel like Cameron Crowe has really good taste in music mm-hmm. and like obviously has a very deep appreciation for music mm-hmm. that I feel like, I mean, sometimes in a, obviously like a very obvious way, like, almost famous you know it's it's a huge aspect of the story but even in this movie where it's really not like i think of the babysitter just like uh sharing his appreciation of jazz like that kind of just feels like that's coming from crow mm-hmm. it didn't, that didn't need to be in the movie but like it felt like crow just wanted to put it in you know so he really impressed me uh when uh we watched this movie and i was doing some research uh i just ended up doing some research about cameron crow um, he was, uh, a, uh, reporter for Rolling Stone, uh, before he was 17. So th- th- almost famous is about loosely. Oh, I mean, it's not really about him, uh-huh. but it sort of is interesting. Well, like spoilers for almost famous about what the movie's about. <laughs> he did. He did at like 16 or 17. He did go on tour with, um, a band. I forget what band Rolling Stones. No, he, but for, he wrote for Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, but yeah, he was a, he was a, like a, a, like a prodigy huh? as like a, a music writer. That's interesting. He was writing for, uh, like a San Diego underground, like music, uh, paper newspaper uh-huh. when he was 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. What is an underground music newspaper? You like, can only get copies of it in a hole. Yeah, correct. No, like just not like a like it's a, a newspaper about music. So it's you know like like a new, but it's like stories, magazine, and kind of yeah. Stuff. Okay, and reviews and you know music reviews and like you know talking about what's going on in the music world. But it wasn't like a like a big paper. Like it wasn't you know like Rolling Stone or you know like a uh, syndicated newspaper or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. Yeah, so hit music is a it's a huge part of his life for sure. I think he like it, it seems like he loves music more than he loves movies. Yeah, I I feel the same way. He directed a really great uh, Pearl, Jam. Pearl Jam documentary that was excellent. It was super good. Yeah, two of them actually. He directed two, he directed documentaries? two documentaries about Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. There was a sequel to the Pearl Jam documentary. What for real? How yeah. do I not know about this? I don't know, but oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look into that then. <laughs> I don't know. Jake. Yeah, well, my <laughs> How do you feel about Pearl the Pearl Jam documentary? <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it, but I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... When I don't I, even know who Pearl Jam is. But all the way there. You see... That's not the first time you said something that, like... Oh. I'm saying, I'm saying. No, it's any better. Jeremy Camp is kind of like the... Christian grunge guy, though, <laughs> now is, that you yeah. mentioned it a little bit. <laughs> when I think about um, Pearl Jam, I, I, I spent a fair amount of time in Seattle, where Pearl Jam's from. It's for Scott, mostly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were doing, they had this campaign to fight homelessness, and there were like these posters everywhere. And I would keep walking by them and reading it as Pearl Jam fights the homeless. <laughs> and I was like, sick. <laughs> I hope that's what the sequel documentary is about. Program fighting the homeless. Yeah. Underground fighting ring. Yeah. yeah. Just so that's all I can think about when I'm at Pro Jam now. Eddie Vedder just beating the heck out of 
homeless people. Yeah. For not even for money, just for pleasure. <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys feel about this being Tom Cruise's best performance? Uh, I am obviously. I guess Tom you got Cruise this in Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, well, no, I've seen Few Good Men. That's true. I've I forgot seen, we did a few I saw good Mission men, yeah. Impossible. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You saw a little bit of Top Gun. Yeah, a little bit, like about two minutes of Top Gun. Um, <laughs> How were those two minutes? Was it just he's the time really you good off, in those first two was minutes? Was it just the super uncomfortable sex scene in in Top Gun that you watched? <laughs> no, <laughs> not to be confused with the super, right at that yeah. point. Not to be confused with the super uncomfortable sex scene in this movie. Yeah, okay, correct. So that's like a is that his signature? I, it's in his contract, <laughs> I, I think. Is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't risky business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I feel like I've watched enough Tom Cruise movies to to have an opinion on that. Oh wait, hold on. He's in Rain Man, right? Yes. Yeah. I also watched Rain Man recently. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. Yeah. So was Bonnie Hunt, by the way. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> Oh man. Well, uh, any, any other like nits to pick? I don't think so. I don't really have anything. I don't, that's worth like a conversation. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> we can put it. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> that's to, the point. To read us just the facts. <laughs> I don't have anything. I don't have anything worth talking about. <laughs> Do you want me to bring up the things that aren't worth talking about? I'd like to yeah, hear I now. Would just, I would like you curious. to have some things that are worth talking about. I've already talked in this episode. <laughs> I'm curious what what uh, isn't worth bringing up in your opinion. Uh, the little kid was in Stuart Little. Okay, you talk about that <laughs> maybe. And little vampire. Did you guys you, like him? I I couldn't stand him in this. Do you movie. guys? Oh. I don't like John and Lipnicki. Yeah. No. Do you want to hear something uh, crazy about Stuart Little? That's maybe not that crazy to you guys, but I had no idea. So right, it wasn't a real mouse. Yeah, he was. He was a human. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? What? Yeah. Wait, wait, what? Stuart Little in the book uh-huh. of Stuart Little is like a deformed human person oh. that just looks, that looks like, like a, mouse. a mouse. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's not For a real? mouse. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Interesting>. wild. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wish you saw that adaptation? Uh, no. I feel like the one we got was better. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made that choice, but... That's crazy to me. If they do do that movie, though, I want them to bring back in Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Because <laughs> he already looks like a mouse. Yeah. No, he looks like a rat. Whatever. Yeah. That was like the 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 biggest thing for me. Like I was watching Harry Potter and I was like, why did they make him look so cartoonishly rat-like? And then I saw him in real life and I was like, that's what he looks like? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just good casting. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't they hit the makeup. nail on the head there. Like, uh, now that we brought up this to a little kid, it, that reminded me of one of my least favorite scenes in the movie at the very end when he like picks up the baseball and throws it. And oh, like, whoa, yeah. like look at this guy. And they walk oh, yeah. And he the just stiff arm through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. like, that was not good form at yeah. all. That felt like the, the like quintessential like cheesy yes. 80s movie finish yes. like it was, even though it was 96 sure. 90s whatever <laughs> whenever this came out yes uh, like i feel like that just had to happen <laughs> yeah. you know the movie wouldn't have been complete without it you like impressed those like 12 year old kids uh -huh. yeah. oh easy man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that i actually hated 
I hate it. If the movie would have just ended with uh, Rod being interviewed and finding out about the contract and like, you're my ambassador of Quan, if that was the last line of the movie, it would be a better movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if it would have actually looked like the kid knew what he was doing, or if it was actually impressive. Yeah. It still would have been bad, but the fact that he didn't look like, like the fact that it looked like it was his first time holding a baseball. It looked like a four-year-old throwing a baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, what do you guys say we uh, put this one to bed? Let's do it, Ty. You're up first. All right, I'm going to give this movie... Uh, a seven seven point one uh obscenities screamed over a telephone. Jake. I'm gonna give it uh seven even quans. I'm going to give it uh six point nine monies shown. <laughs> you know what you have to do, Zach. Uh, I'll give this seven, uh, baseballs, <laughs> just, just baseballs. Really hoping you were going to go for a 6.8. Cause we went down point one each time. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wasn't sure what you wanted me to do. Yeah. Sorry. But right. it comes up to a 70% because yeah. there's two sevens and then a 7.1 and 6.9. So I don't seven, You might need to double check that. man. <laughs> This comes out to a 70% on Rotten Potatoes. Uh, That puts it at movie number 78 out of 117. Um, Once again, the other guys gave this an 84%. IMDb gave it a 7.3. So we're a little bit lower than them, but I think it's it's right. I think it's right. Can I? I would like to talk about something that we do. Uh, So we give, we don't, we give our ratings not in percentages but then we give our overall score in a percentage. <laughs> yeah. you know. I've never thought about that. Like I've why? thought about it the whole time. Yeah. I've been thinking about but it. I just figured it's what we do. So who yeah, cares? I just, I've been thinking about it for a while and then now it seemed like a good time to bring it up. It's, you know what? I'm, I, this wasn't intentional at all. I never noticed it, but here's, I'm going to, I'm going to validate it. Uh, we give it IMDB style scores and then the total is an other guy's style score. Okay. I can buy into that because yeah. <laughs> we're somewhere with them. So we got to be like them in some ways. Yeah. Okay. With yeah. each of them. Yeah. All right. That makes I, sense. Not on purpose, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm ascribing uh, meaning to. That's what we like to call excellence <laughs> on accident. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Take that Marino Valley Unified School District. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Tyler or no, Jake, where are we going next week? Uh, I think we're going to a town called Fargo. Where's that at, eh? <laughs> I think it's in, it's in Minnesota. <laughs> Don't channel. What's your favorite thing about Minnesota? Uh, probably just like, are you really going to make me do this? Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.